In a world where beer prices are rising, selection is exploding, is there any room for good swill? We aim to find out. This is Good Swill Hunting, where we find the best of the cheap stuff. And welcome to the inaugural podcast of Good Swill Hunting. I'm your host, John Lore, and I'm joined uh, by Brian, we've got Matt, and we've got Blaine. And I want to give you a little idea of what we're doing with this podcast. Everybody's been to the store, you've been walking down the aisle, and you're in the beer aisle, and there's a beer that catches your eye that you've never seen before, and it's got some uh, familiar label, but it's a knockoff. And you probably thought, hey, that's a really good price, you know, $4.99, $3.99 for a six-pack. But is it really worth putting in your cart, taking home, and cracking open? Are you going to wake up with a headache? Is it worth it? And we're going to answer that question on this podcast. That is the whole point of the podcast. We want to help you make that decision. Because sometimes, yeah, it's worth it. Other times, it's awful. And we're going we're gonna to take this adventure together. So I want to give you an idea of who we have joining us because I have assembled a panel of experts. First, I want to tell you about uh, Brian. Now, Brian has been in the beer industry. Brian is kind of what we would call, uh, I wouldn't say a beer snob, but he enjoys his beer and he can tell you why. Brian, give me a little bit of your background. I mean, you're in the beer industry. I am. I'm in the beer industry. I spent about four, about five years as a full-time beer writer, um, stepped out of that, and I do work uh, in the beer industry itself now, um, work with craft breweries every day. Um, and yeah, I describe myself as, as kind of a craft beer nerd, but I'm also a penny pincher, and I don't always want to spend the top dollar mm-hmm. for craft beers. So I, I, I enjoy both uh, budget-friendly beers and, and quality craft beer. Right, and, and a craft beer, just getting one glass at the bar is going to run you probably six or seven dollars depending on where you are that's the pretty much the going rate um sometimes more sometimes absolutely yeah what you're getting uh so give me an idea of what your go-to beer is like what do you what do you usually have in the fridge what do i usually have in the fridge is uh what i'm going to be sipping on today yingling um that is my go-to beer um it's budget friendly and it's actually considered to be craft a lot of people don't realize that because it is family owned it's it's America's you know longest or oldest family-owned brewery, um, and it's a quality beer for seven ninety-nine for a six-pack. I mean, that's, that's that's pretty good. The price of a beer, a craft beer at most breweries in town. Okay, let's tell you about Matt. Now, Matt comes from a completely different background. You would not call yourself uh, a craft nerd, right? That's correct. All right, what is your go-to beer? Today, I'm drinking my go-to beer, which is Bush Ice. It's pretty much. In my fridge all the time. So you're the master of the swill, basically. I mean, you know your swill. Yeah, if, if Brian is into craft beer, I'm into crap beer. I'm, <laughs> it's, I'm an economy of scale kind of guy. Um, and at $16 a case, you know, you can afford to pound eight or ten of these in an afternoon. And, and you get the, the desired effect. For me, it's all about the destination, you know. <laughs> okay, absolutely. It's, it's all about scientifically. <laughs> you put that. <laughs> it's all about the destination. All right, so it's not about the journey for you. Not, not so much. And how long have you been drinking Bush Ice as your go-to? Has it always been your go-to beer? It has not always been my go-to beer. Um, it was Miller High Life for a while. It was Ice House for a very long time. Okay. Um, Milwaukee's best ice before this, but mm, for about the, beast, the last yeah. eight, nine years, I've been drinking Bush Ice. All right, so you know your swill. Well. So you see the setup we got here? We got a guy who knows his crafts. We've got a guy who knows his swill. 
Now I want to tell you about our control. Uh, we've got Blaine, and he knows what he likes, and he likes it all. So Blaine, you know, tell me about your go-to beer. Well, I, I got my uh, my Modelo. Okay. Uh, pretty simple. I think it's kind of a cut above your Bud Lights mm-hmm. and your Coors Light. It's a uh, it's a you know obviously a light beer, but it's got a little flavor to it. I think that's why it's picked up in popularity okay. uh, is because, you know, it's always kind of been maybe bottom bottom shelf in the past, but it's moving up because I think people are appreciating it. Eating it. You don't have to have a, lot, a yeah. lime in it like Corona and it still tastes good. Uh, so I often, that's, that's my go-to. That's your go-to. It's in the fridge. If you're at the beer aisle, you, that catches your eye. That's what you grab. My go-to beer is uh, Miller Lite. And that's usually what I have in there. I'm a Midwest boy. I was in Milwaukee and I did the, the, the brewery tour with my wife. And we got the we got the beer afterwards. And for some reason, you could, like, you know when you go to a brewery and, you, and the smells of the hops and everything... Well, I could start to taste that. Like my palate could pick up on it after I smelled it in the tour. And I just, hey, it stuck. So that has, that has been my go-to beer for years. It's always in my fridge. If you come over to my house, I'm always going to offer you a Miller Lite. So those are our go-tos. So this gives you an idea, okay, this is where we're coming from. Here's what we like. So now we're going to kind of guide you through the Swill universe. Now, I'm using Swill in the best possible sense. <laughs> I'm not saying these are bad beers, but I think we would all agree that these knockoff labels that are made to look like Heineken or Blue Moon, okay, we call that Swill. So we're going to kind of kind of guide you through the journey. Uh, Brian's going to tell us a little bit about the different breweries as we go through these podcasts. And our first beer that we're going to be talking about will be in our next episode. And it is a uh, knockoff Blue Moon. It's called Blue Key. Uh, I believe it was $7 for a six-pack. So a lot cheaper than what you'd get your uh, Blue Moons for. And uh, we're going to go through. We're going to test that one out in our, in our next episode. We're going to open. Yeah. yeah well, when, when do we get to drink these? Yeah. Like, we're holding beer. So there you go. Everybody open your beers up. Take a swig so we can get our palates in the right place. Uh, I am curious, Brian, when it comes to Yingling. Yingling was definitely a Pittsburgh beer, uh, a Pennsylvania beer. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Well, when I, I discovered it in Pittsburgh. But you could only get it up there right. until relatively recently, in the last, what, six, seven years? Right. right. They um, While they've been around, I mean... For over a hundred years, sure, um, and it's still family owned. It's still family owned. Yep, been going through the generations. Yeah, it, they opened in 1829. Um, oh, wow. So they survived prohibition, which is quite amazing. That's amazing. Um, but if you really dig into their history, um, and it's one of the many reasons why I love this brewery, um, they actually didn't really grow until the late 90s. Um, they were pretty much, you know, that. Pennsylvania brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular beer that I'm drinking, which is their traditional lager, their amber lager, um, they actually resurrected it in 1987. It was an old beer that they had brewed, um, but it it disappeared. They just you know stopped brewing it for some reason. Interesting. And they brought it back, and it's been the, the it's been their growth. This is what they've grown around. So. They now have a brewery in Florida, so it's not just in Pennsylvania. Oh, so they've really spread rapidly they because, have. look, I was I lived outside of Pittsburgh from 2005 to about uh, 2009, 2010, and I'll tell you what, people in Pennsylvania are proud of Yingling. They brag about it. Every every bar sells yep. it. Every Steelers fan's swigging it, and it's just the thing. You know, I, who, I you know who wasn't drinking it? 
Who? The Browns fans, because we couldn't get <laughs> in in Ohio. But once they came yeah. into Ohio, I mean, I found it in Florida before I found it in Ohio. And once they entered Ohio, they killed it in Ohio, too. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I was just curious about the, the, the yingling, uh, you know, why you were... Uh, and they're, they're growing in geography. I just read um, in the last week that they're going to be selling in Texas now. Uh, I think they may actually be contract brewing um, with a brewery in Texas to uh, reproduce the yingling lager. Yeah. How's their dark? That yingling dark, right? I haven't tried that. Um, we have uh, over the summer drank a lot of their uh, their golden their golden lager and their light lager, and we've drank a lot of that at the pool this summer. You probably saw me uh, poolside with it. <laughs> <laughs> All That's right, an well, image nobody wants to see. <laughs> we we just wanted to lay that baseline down. So join us on this journey. We have an untapped uh, account. It's Good Swill Hunting, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna label all these beers. We'll put them there so you can try them out for yourself. If you're curious, uh, we'll we'll tell you about the price. You can follow us there. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Good Swill Hunting page, and we'll post a lot more of the beers that we're trying out, where to get them, and the price, and and what our rankings will be. We'll give an average ranking after we've all uh, tried out those beers. So join us for the next episode, and we're going to talk about our inaugural beer, which is Blue Key, and uh, hope to join us then. Cheers.